Well, good day, church, and welcome to another edition of our post-sermon wrap-up podcast. This is Pastor Tyson, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Kevin. Hi, church. And we are excited to continue talking about um, the message we just heard on Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24, the school of Christ. And so, Kevin, one of the things that you really zeroed in on this passage was how this is a foundational text for understanding how we grow in mm -hmm. holiness yes. as Christians. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of illustrate it as being the school of Christ, and this is about changing our clothes, cha yeah. clothes changing 101. <laughs> right, right. right. And, and Paul uses that imagery, that's where you got it from, of taking off old clothes, mm -hmm. uh, our old sinfulness, um, and putting on new clothes, the righteous clothes of Christ. Changing the uniform. Yes, yeah. changing the uniform, yeah. yeah. So one question just I, I had is, out of curiosity would be, um, how does the world teach us to change? You know, every everybody in the world likes to change bad habits, you know, whether it's getting into shape or uh, curbing addictions. Right. You know, even unbelievers can struggle with alcoholism and they want to change or drug sure. addictions or pornography addictions, any, you name it, angry, you know, even the world doesn't want to be angry and abusive. Right. So when people struggle apart from scripture, what does the world say? You need to do this to change. Well, at last count, there was over a thousand different theories of how the world wants to change and how the world believes change is possible. But um, if I just try to keep it simple, Souter, <laughs> so there's... There's really two schools you can enroll in, okay? So you can enroll in the school of Christ, which is what we've, you know, talked about here in Ephesians. Or you can enroll in the school of legalism or the school of works. And so really if you just boil down all of the views of change that the world's going to say, it's, the, the world's going to teach is something that you do that is responsible to change you. And the school of Christ is different than that. The school of Christ is it's something that God does that is the source of our change. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so really, at the most simplistic perspective, it's the world's going to say, well, you've got to do something. you know. And most often, that's going to be some kind of self-control or discipline that leads to an external change. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we... We, we laugh a little bit about this, but it's, it's really true. In the school of the world, they teach you how to straighten your collar, comb your hair, tuck in your shirt, you know, change the outward appearance. Mm -hmm. But in the school of Christ, you put on not just new clothes, but a whole new you. Mm -hmm. The person in the image of Christ, actually. So, so... Does that make sense? I yeah. Mean, how do you process that? No, that's good. So, I mean, you know, this we live in a very highly psychologized world, and people are always seeking to better themselves, but usually just because, you know, seek happiness. You know, how, yeah. do, I, how do I be more happy in my workplace, you know, or when I don't like my boss, or how do I be happy in all these different circumstances? But what would you say is the key distinction between the world's system for changing and the Bible's system? Yeah, so the world system is going to be external. It's going to be, you know, um, I've got to do something different or uh, I've got to, you know, even you hear things like cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, mm -hmm. today, which is the world's 
process that says, hey, how you think determines how you live, which is true. Mm -hmm. So then they say, okay, well, then if I can just change how I think, that that somehow is going to change my attitude. But if that's if or it changed my actions, but if all you do is change your actions and your thought changes are not due to a new rebirth or a new regeneration or work of the spirit then it's not going to last it's just you know it's just still going to be external it's still yeah. going to be um just quote unquote what they say what we say often is turning over a new leaf mm, right? yeah but there's still a leaf on the other side yeah. of this leaf yeah <laughs> so it's like we got to leaf that behind yeah you know, dad joke there wah, wink wah. wink <laughs> but <laughs> we got to we got we got to say no. I, I don't just need a whole new. I, I don't need to turn over the new leaf. I need a brand new tree. I need a new root system. Yeah. Like I need a new heart. I think Pastor Scott just groaned, even though he's on vacation <laughs> because of that dad joke. He's out there somewhere groaning. No, I, I think the I think the key one of the key things that sticks out to me in a difference is um, that the world approaches problems um, thinking that they're just biological. Oh, okay, sure. Or yeah. that that they're that they just that they, like you were saying the only thing that's needed is just um, uh, uh, you know, self discipline or just to to be better. Yeah. And so there, there's that's a wrong approach. Whereas the Bible will come and say you can't be better. Yeah. That's not the problem. The problem is not that you've messed up and you just need to do a better job. The problem is that you are messed up. You are right. broken. In, in your spiritual being and that you cannot change mm -hmm. yourself right and so that is the i would see that too as a, all as an addition to what you're saying is a fundamental key difference is that um apart from understanding your spiritual standing before god yeah your spiritual inability and your sin against god and god's remedy for that everything else you do is just external behavior modification and it will never be pleasing to god because Hebrews tells us that you know uh, that we need to have faith to please God. We need to um, also um, do things with the right motivation to please yeah. Him. Even when we have faith, even when we are born again, that our motivation is to glorify Him. Because if we try to do things out of uh, change, any habit, for any motivation other than God's glory, and it's usually going to be uh, an external um, yeah. action or behavior modification. Um, you know, I kind of think of one example that often pops in my head is maybe someone who would struggle with, like, with alcohol and maybe uh, get into, like, an Alcoholics Anonymous program. And they're weaning themselves off alcohol, which is great. Mm -hmm. But rather than having a, maybe a biblical motivation behind it, they, they re just replace that habit with a less destructive habit. Right. Or somebody right. who's smoking or something like that. It's like, okay, I know this is not good for me, but um, now I'm sucking on lemon drops all the time, right? <laughs> right. I'm just kind of replacing it with a more respectable habit. Right. And so, yes, you have a change in behavior, yeah. but is that an honoring change, and is it the right kind of change that God is looking for? Yeah, I mean, it's the what the Bible offers is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just, that's why I say all the other religions in the world, all the other change philosophies in the world are all about what we can do. But there is only one religion, namely biblical Christianity, that says no it's about what god has done mm -hmm. this is a miracle this is supernatural yeah like from start is, to end from from the very beginning of your salvation to your sanctification to how you change and grow to the fact that we actually get to the end it's all of god and 
when you understand that, that inspires such gratitude and such thanksgiving and such worship and such a desire to like, Lord, take me, use me, make me who you want me to be. I want to live out who you've made me to be. You've created mm -hmm. me to be a new person. Lord, help me to live that newness of life so I don't live in the oldness of life, but that I live in the newness of life that you've created for me in Christ. So yeah. that's really good. Yeah, and I, and I certainly struggle with this early on in my Christian walk and can still fall into this pit every once in a while is, is can, looking at initial conversion and salvation as the miraculous thing God does. Mm -hmm. And then my sanctification, you know, my, my, or in other words, my growth and holiness is now it's up to me. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't, and I can, it's subtle because I, I don't even look at it like a legalistic sense where like, I got to do this, but you know, I look at the commands of God's word and I'm like, well, see, God gives me this command. So I got to do it. Right. But I forget all the rest of the lines next to them, those commands that, uh, talk to us about how God is involved and necessary, uh, or even Jesus' simple words in John 15, you know, abide in me, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Right, right? Right. So yeah, our dependence yeah. for the miracle to continue through the initial conversion and through sanctification, God is at work the whole time. Uh, so in our text that you preached on in Ephesians 4, Paul gives kind of three steps towards growing in holiness. What are those steps and why does he give those? Yeah. So he says, um, you know, we've we've learned Christ, and then there's three things that we've learned uh, uh, as we've come to know Christ. First, to put off our old self. Second, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And third, to put on the new self. So we talked about on Sunday how to put off your old self really means to deny yourself. It's it's to um, make no provision for the flesh. It is it is to um, refuse to allow your vision to be clouded by by anything that's gonna cloud the your vision of the glory of God. You know, so so really dying to the flesh, dying to the old sinful nature. You know, mm -hmm. and then and that happens at the moment of salvation. So Romans 6 is very clear that when, when we are saved, our old body of sin is crucified with Christ. And we are buried with Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, I died with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but now it's Christ who lives in me. He's, that's the new person. He, that's the new man. You know? yeah. so, um, so that happens at salvation. But then... Once we are saved and the power of sin has been broken or crucified, now we have to live it out. We get to live it out in a way that's like, okay, well, how do I make this part of my practice where I'm walking in newness of life, I'm, that Christ is now living in me through faith? How is this working so that my, even though I'm still kind of strapped to this decaying corpse of sin, mm -hmm. The power's been broken. It's dead, but it's still these residues are left over. There's still these habits. I'm used to talking this way. I'm used to thinking this way. I'm used to serving myself in this way. This is not godly. This is not good. How does God help me? And that's where he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's like, you've got a brand new mind. you got the mind of Christ now. Mm -hmm. This is glorious. Like you, mm -hmm. you actually can perceive the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And when you perceive the glory of God, it, it, you are transformed from one level of glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory. You become like what you behold. 
and you are actually going to live where you are looking. So look for happiness, look for life, look for satisfaction in Christ. Because when you look for your satisfaction in Christ, you will live like Christ. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking for your satisfaction in the world, you will look like the world and you will live like the world. So now you've got kind of this this kind of uh, two contrary natures coexisting within us. Mm -hmm. You've got this still this nature of sin and yet you got this nature of righteousness you got the flesh and the spirit and these are at war with it against each other within us and so um, all throughout scripture you see the scriptures calling christians feed the spirit mm -hmm. starve the flesh <laughs> feed yeah. the spirit starve the flesh and this is what we're talking about is putting off the old being renewed in their minds and putting on the new self, which God created for us in Christ. Yeah, I think everyone listening to this can resonate in their Christian life, not just in the past, even currently, with the Apostle Paul, who was a mature believer when he wrote this in Romans 7. But he says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who yeah. will set me free from this prison of death, this body yeah. of death, right? So he, he himself was expressing just disgust at the struggle with sin that he continued to have yeah. um, though he was a new person in Christ and yeah. so we all relate to that like we we sit here and we we're growing and we love Jesus but yet we see the sin still in our lives and so we're like yeah I want to change I love my Lord I'm grieved whenever I sin against the Lord so as you look at these three steps like, can you, do you just take them one at a time? Like, or just focus on the put off or mm. um, then, and then later I'll work on renewing the mind or, and then just but then put on later or like, uh, what happens if, you know, if you go at it that way or if you leave one of these steps yeah. off? Yeah, so um, great question. This is a lifestyle and all three of these steps work together. Mm. So I think you've said this several times, and it's it's comes from other people too. It's very, but this is like a three-legged stool. You have to have all three to support the weight of our life. This is all all three of these are the three elements of repentance. Mm -hmm. You could say this is the this is the way of Christianity. In other words, righteousness is not abstinence. Righteousness righteousness is not just stopping sin. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, I'm just going to refrain. Because, well, then I can kick the demons out, so to speak. But then Jesus says, if the house is swept and the demons are gone, that just leaves room for seven more demons to come and come back in, right? Mm -hmm. so, so the only way that demons aren't going to come back into that soul, and using Christ's example from the Gospels, is if that soul gets filled with glory. Mm -hmm. So you you you... You deny yourself, but then with the newness of mind that God gives us by His Spirit washing our mind through the renewal of our minds, now we actually fill our minds and our lives with the person and work of Christ and the character of Christ and the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I mean, all these things. We sow to the Spirit. We don't sow to the flesh. And, and so they all three go together. You have, to have, you have to have all three. In fact, I think it's fascinating that in Scripture, the pattern of Scripture is that wherever God tells us to stop doing something, mm -hmm. He always tells us what to do instead. Mm -hmm. 
in its place. It's kind of like the you referenced recently in a sermon, the power of a, an expulsive affection by mm-hmm. Chalmers, a yep. uh, famous article in the past. But it is this power of replacement. Repentance is a power of replacement. That's why we, I don't want to get too technical here, but repentance and faith always go together mm-hmm. because you don't just turn from something, you turn towards something. Yeah. So when you stop sinning, it's so that you can make room for the the Christ-like action. You put yeah. off so that you can put on. Right. So I, I don't know if that's helpful, but that's how I think about it, that they always go together. Yeah, absolutely. Holiness is not this, like you said, abstinence or passivity, but um, actually doing righteous things that God has called yeah. us to do. Or, you know, Ephesians 2.10, doing the works that God has prepared for us to do beforehand. Yeah. Uh, whenever we're sinning, we're not doing the works that God has prepared for us yeah. to do beforehand. So, yeah, definitely replacing that. So, one of the things, uh, the tensions that's kind of present in this text, and it's kind of maybe our last question for our time, is, you know, you have this uh, put off, put on, but in the middle, the third leg of the story, you be renewed, which is passive, and it's something that... Um, Cause yourself to be renewed. Yeah, cause yourself to be renewed. So there's, you know, that's the element where God is still at work in us, changing us as we behold Christ's glory. We're being changed, and um, but so there's a mixture here, a tension of God working in us, both to will and to do for His good pleasure, but also a call to responsibility to act. So what are the what are the dangers, the gutters we should avoid, and how should we strike a balance between God's working in us? and our responsibility to grow in holiness. Yeah, so, um, you know, the Christian life is not uh, just a let go and let God, you know, kind of a Keswick tradition where it's just, um, well, it's all about the sovereignty of God, so I'm just going to wait here for God to change me, and when God wants me to lose weight, I'll lose weight. When God wants me to be more godly to my family, I'll be more godly to my family. Like, no, that is not at all the biblical Christianity. Yeah. So, like one, somebody struggling with, like, um, you know, pornography or something like that, and just says, "Well, I'm just going to pray and ask God to take these desires away from me." Right. Yeah. You know, that'd be more the passive. Yeah. So that's one gutter. ditch to avoid. Yeah. The one ditch is the passive ditch, mm-hmm. just the the let go and let God, if we'd call it that. The other ditch is the ditch where it's the bootstrap. <laughs> you know, kind of like it's all up to me. Like white knuckle this thing, teeth clench it. Like I've got to get this. I got to change. Like it's mm-hmm. all up to me and. I, I, you know, it's, I got to do this. Well, that's frankly just trusting yourself, mm-hmm. and that's the ditch of legalism. So in some ways, you've got this ditch of um, license where it's like, oh, I'm just, I, I, can't, I can't do it. It's all up to God, so I'm mm-hmm. just passively waiting, and I'm going to just kind of excuse sin while it happens. Yeah. And then you got the other ditch of legalism where it's law-driven, and I got to change and do all this. And in the middle is this walk of repentance, which the scripture calls, which is this, uh, the technical word for it is combat, compatible, how can you say it? Compatibilism? Yeah, thank you for saying that for me. <laughs> but it's, it's where God's work and man's work are um, compatibly fixed, just like the farmer's mm. work is compatible with God's work in bringing about a bountiful harvest mm. in the fall. Yeah, that was a good illustration. You know, and just trying to see, like, okay, without without the farmer's work, there's not going to be any harvest. Mm-hmm. 
But we would be completely naive to say, well, the whole reason there's a harvest is because this farmer did everything he did. Yeah. Well, that's not true because a farmer can do all kinds. He can sweat every single day. He can work as hard. He can work 14-hour days all year. And if God doesn't do a miracle in the germ of that seed, and if God doesn't bring the right weather conditions and keep the winds and the storms, there will be no harvest. Because the harvest is ultimately brought about by God. Mm -hmm. But he brings it about through the human efforts of his people. And so what you see here is God has, we grow by seeing and beholding and loving Christ. Mm -hmm. We were created to become what we worship. That's just, we were created worshipers, so we will always become whatever we worship. So, So God created us to worship him. Mm-hmm. And he, he wants us to become like Jesus, which will only happen rightly if we're loving him and worshiping him. Mm-hmm. Not if we're checking boxes. You mm-hmm. can, you can actually, did you know you can actually fake Christianity? Mm-hmm. There, there's probably people in our church, I hate to even think about it, but there probably are people here that are not truly saved, you know, but look like it from the outside. Yeah, like it tears in the wheat. Sure. Because you can do the right externals, but if it's not inspired or motivated by worship for God, love for Jesus, then it's not a spiritual harvest. It's not the miracle of yeah. new life. <laughs> yeah. So so to grow as a Christian is to experience this miracle of God transforming me into what I worship. And so we talked about five different means on Sunday, the means of scripture, the means of prayer, the means of suffering, the means of obedience, the means of biblical community. And, and, and all these means are things that, that we should be diligent, make every effort, the scripture says, to work with all that is within me, Paul says, to, to, to do these things, to sow to the spirit and not sow to the flesh. But I'm understanding that as I do that, I'm putting myself in the way, in the channel, in the pathway of God's transforming grace. And I'm trusting God to be the one to change me, even as I'm fervently working to uh, to know him and his glory better. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. So helpful. Um, appreciate that um, counsel and reminder of how we avoid the ditch of abusing God's grace or um, seeking in our pride to be legalistic in our change efforts. Um, but really you talked a lot about zeroed in on the motivation behind our change and i think too you know when we want to change when when we lay hold of the means of sanctification of growth that you outlined at the end of the sermon scripture prayer fellowship suffering obedience and those aren't made up those are in right, scripture right. that those are the the we call them the means of grace and some sort you know some places call them that that those are the channels in which god has given us to connect ourselves so that we can grow in putting off, being renewed, and putting on. Yeah. Outside of those means of grace, we're not going to be growing right. in God's in God's classroom as he has intended yeah. to, to teach us. That's right. Very, very good. Very good. I hope that's encouraging to people. You know, just, uh, I want to just close maybe by reading 2 Peter chapter 3, um, verse 18, that says, um, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.
Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Kevin, and thank you, church, for tuning in with us, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. God bless you.